Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Kyle Johnson, CIO at Eastern Maine Healthcare. In this segment, Johnson talks about why Maine's HIE has been so successful, what she has learned about the right way to build an ACO, and how EMHS is reinventing IS to prepare for the future. Hi, Kyle. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. Good morning, Kate. So to get us started, can you please give me a little bit of background information about um, Eastern Maine Healthcare, uh, you know, what you have in uh, the way of hospitals and uh, ambulatory, things like that? Sure. So Eastern Maine Healthcare Systems is located um, in, in Bangor, Maine, which is in the um, central part of, of Maine. There are eight facilities, hospital facilities today associated with um, um, Eastern Maine and they span from Portland in the south all the way to um, the Aristic Medical Center in in the north and um, points in between. We have about 12,000 employees. We have about um, 700 employed um, physicians in the health system and, you know, really are, you know, full service um, with home health, behavioral med, you know, and all the services in between. You know, we're a level one trauma center at the Eastern Maine Medical Center, you know, here in Bangor, so really offer, you know, the breadth of services across the health system. Was it Mercy Hospital that there was the uh, the merger with last year, or uh, it was acquired by Eastern Maine? Yes, yes. And, and we're in the process of, um, you know, due diligence with um, Maine Coast, um, or Mid-Coast, I think it is. It's in Ellsworth. Okay. In terms of the clinical application environment, what type of ER system do you have in place in the hospitals? We, we use Cerner um, within the hospital across all of our facilities. In fact, um, October 1, we just converted Mercy um, Portland to the Cerner platform. Okay. And then um, what about in the ambulatory setting, the clinics? So in the ambulatory um, setting, we predominantly use GE centricity, um, but we do. We also run um, a bit of Cerner's ambulatory for our specialty clinics. And um, Portland um, came to us on all scripts in the ambulatory setting. So, and in speaking of ambulatory, we are in the midst of a ambulatory um, RFP process right now, and we will be picking, you know, a single ambulatory solution. Um, for the enterprise um, by the end of the year, probably the December time frame. Okay. The, the goal there is pretty obvious to have that easier integration, but um, as far as uh, the relationship with um, the, uh, the the clinician leaders or physician leaders, and uh, is that something where um, they're, they're involved in the process as well? They are. Um, I think, um, you know, we're... Um, looking to take that level of involvement to really to the next level. Um, I, I would tell you from, you know, my, my background and kind of upbringing in, you know, healthcare IT that I would like to see, you know, even more clinician involvement than we've had um, historically here. So, and, and that's a path that we are headed down. Right. Is that something that's challenging just, just from the standpoint of you have physicians that obviously uh, are so busy, or what do you think is, is the, has been the roadblock to getting that participation? 
You know, truthfully, I think we um, probably don't have enough physician leadership in particular. Um, I think the leadership has happened, you know, a little bit better on the nursing side, but um, I don't know that we have enough physician leaders um, in, in the system that have really been involved at that level. So quite honestly, I don't think they know, you know, you know really what that looks like and, right. you know, the reasons why it's important to be really engaged, um, you know, in that activity. So, so that's right. something I think that's going to be um, new to um, really heighten that engagement, you know, in the organization. But I think, I don't think anybody's opposed to it. I think um, it just hadn't ever been really the expectation. Right. So it's like a, a cultural uh, shift that needs to happen as far as, you know, that the, the clinicians just, just taking ownership to that, that next level. Yeah, that's right. Okay. As far as a data exchange with other organizations, what are you doing uh, from that standpoint? We are actually blessed in the state of Maine to have a really um, robust health information exchange at the state level. So it's, it's called Health InfoNet here in, in Maine, and um, it's been live, I think, since 2003, um, that kind of time frame, and just about everybody in the state participates, both hospitals and um, providers and, you know, home care and FQHCs and all the different kind of um, provider organizations in the state. And that's really, um, you know, where the exchange happens. And, um, and, and it's very robust. And I think what makes Household InfoNet maybe, you know, kind of a leader um, in HIEs across the nation is um, the gentleman who runs um, the Health InfoNet, you know, he knew a long time ago that we should be normalizing data and, and you know, creating a, a longitudinal patient record and matching all those artifacts together. So it's, it's very robust in that way. A lot of HIEs um, haven't really, um, you know, matched and normalized um, data as it's come in. Um, you know, it really just kind of comes in as a, you know, admission discharge transfer record, and it goes back out that way. It's not, you know, they haven't grouped the data to create a single record for Kyle Johnson, you know, no matter how many different records come in on me. Um, so, so that has been done here in the state of Maine, and, and really um, that information, you know, available for sharing uh, across the state. So that's, that's one big way, you know, that we do that. Okay. And that's... It, it has to be an encouraging thing that Health InfoNet has has been sustainable, or at least has kind of stood the test of time, which is a concern with a lot of HIEs. Yeah, I, you know, I, if if you ask me my prediction on that, I I think at some point we'll probably be down to you know kind of one per state, unless you've got you know states with like a New York City and you know you know these big metropolitan areas. But I think even I don't know that New York City will sustain 10 HIEs, you know, um, right. like they do today. So, um, so I think that'll be interesting to to watch over time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, um, I had read that uh, Eastern Maine um, recently received funding from the CDC for a, a population health initiative, um, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about that and what that means for the organization. Yeah, I don't know a 
ton a lot about that because it, it is fairly new. But um, um, I do know Eastern Maine has been the recipient of a number of grants, you know, over the years, and um, and because of you know the the rural um, setting here, um, there's a lot of you know different things that that we see. Um, it's different than you know metropolitan areas. Right. Okay. And, and so on that population health journey, um, we are actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. We've had an ACO here for um, four years now, um, but, but it's not very highly automated, and we don't really have, um, you know, like a true data warehouse to be doing um, population health analytics off of. So um, I do know that that to help support the work of the grant, we are going to be at going after you know, more automation and um, bringing um, the data together, um, you know, for analytics in that space. It's a, an important initiative that we have on our our, um, our list of projects for the, the coming couple of years. Right. Okay. But that that's really fairly newly announced, so I guess it's going to obviously take some, some time to um, figure all of that out. Let's talk a little bit about your uh, data management and analytics strategy. W where does that stand? You know, we really do not have a, um, a data warehouse um, here at Eastern Maine, so that and that was something I knew kind of coming in. In fact, I think that was really um, one of the reasons that Eastern Maine was excited about me is I have um, quite an extensive background in um, data man management, data warehousing, data analytics. Um, and um, so we'll be helping, you know, to build that here. Um, it's kind of interesting, though. It's, um, the thing I like about being in this place here is that, you know, particularly from, you know, the ACO perspective, they've been running the ACO as a business for, you know, the last three, four years, and they really understand, you know, what they're trying to do, you know, from a, a business and clinical standpoint. So I think coming in to help enable some of that with technology um, and automation is kind of a better place to be than if you're trying to establish the operations at the same time, you know, that you're putting the technology in. And I, I came from Trinity before um, I came here, and we really didn't have an ACO stood up, and we were actually trying to stand the ACO up at the same time we were trying to put technology in. And it was hard because, you know, folks didn't really understand the operations yet. So, and that's very different here. They really do understand the operation. So I, I kind of like like that position, and I think it's going to be mean for much better partnering, you know, as now we're trying to enable some of this with, with technology. Right. It's really important um, how you choose to go about it. Because like you said, if they're talking about trying to, to stand up the ACO at the same time as, um, you know, get, getting that data together and getting the data in, then maybe that that's not the most effective way to go about it, depending on the uh, the size and scope of the organization. Yeah, it, it just can make it more challenging, for sure. Right. Okay. I had read on the on the website um, that Eastern Maine had talked about. Uh, a new model for for the, for IS and kind of a, a restructuring to um, make things a little bit more efficient. And um, I didn't know if this was something that had started before you got there or not. And just kind of uh, you know what the organization is hoping to do with this initiative. 
Yeah, so, um, and actually we're, IS is not the only organization that's going through um, shared services. So we're at the um, home office or corporate level of EMHS. We are um, going through some consolidation and shared services activities. So, you know, legal, HR, finance, IS, um, our community health organization, our communications organization, so really all of our you know, corporate level departments are, um, you know, consolidating with with field level operations. So, um, so from IS's perspective, we had, IS was actually already fairly consolidated, but there were still uh, about 75 people doing IS activities that were out at um, our member hospitals. And um, so this IS shared services activity kind of brought the whole IS team together and then we, um, you know, were really tasked to look at, you know, synergies as we brought, um, you know, all the folks together to, you know, how could we do this uh, more efficient and effective for the organization. And so we, um, you know, redesigned um, IS, you know, basically really looking with an eye towards the future. And so there were some new positions created. There were, you know, positions that we decided were no longer needed. Um, and during this time, this was probably, you know, about a, you know, six to nine month process and some of it had started before I came. Um, um, and through that process, we, we figured out, you know, um, you know, net net there would be about 43 positions that would no longer be needed in IS. But during that time, that nine month period of time, we, we really um, held tight on that you know, hiring um, vacant or open positions. So much of that we were able to do, you know, through um, the vacant positions that we held on and not, um, not affect, you know, people actually in positions. A lot of people moved to roles um, um, with this change. And then I think, you know, probably all, all said and done, five or six people to this point in time have been affected and we are still you know, working with all those folks to, you know, look for other, you know, job opportunities. And even as I say that, I'm still sitting on five or six leadership positions in IS that are still open, you know, that I'm, I'm looking to fill. So, um, yep, so that was, that was really kind of a reinvention that we did of, of IS, really to set ourselves up for the next, you know, um, five years, making sure we've got, you know, you know people um, that have, you know, data management and data warehousing skills as an example of a, kind of one of the new areas we're going to need to be able to support. Right. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.